my dream is to connect Darwin to Nagasaki, which has similar history and similar characters of people. And we have to learn from history. And I think it's time for us to speak up and talk about the sad past in a positive way. You're listening to Salty Plum Stories and I'm Nicole Brown. I'm a proud Larrakia woman and I'm speaking to you from Garamilla, also known as Darwin, a place my people have lived for thousands of years. If you want to hear some of our stories, search for Saltwater Stories of the Larrakia podcast and take a listen. But this podcast is about Darwin's more recent multicultural history. My name is Sachi Hirayama. I'm originally from Japan and Nagasaki area. And I live in Darwin for last 16 years and this is 17th year. So Nagasaki is very mountainous area. There are so many mountains and the people are living on the top of the mountain, which is very different, but also it's provided nice night views. In the 1600s, fearing that Christianity would spread, Japan sealed itself off from the world. For 265 years, during what was called the Edo period, trade and migration was severely limited. Japanese people were not allowed to leave and very few foreigners were allowed in. But Nagasaki's special economic district was an exception. Nagasaki has a unique history. Uh, during seclusion, when Japan closed the country, Nagasaki is the only port which is open to the world. So we had uh, Dutch people and also Chinese people in my city, uh, which makes my hometown very multicultural and unique. During this time, Japan was almost completely self-sufficient and practiced sustainability through necessity. But there were other outcomes as well. I think the rest of Japan is very kind of homogeneous place. People are a little bit serious and uptight. And so I think sometimes I didn't fit in Japanese culture or community. But of course, I... At the same time, I love my country, love my culture. In my family, I have my younger sister and younger brother, and they now they grow up and they live in Nagasaki and they have their own families. So they are such a decent, decent people. So unlike me, I'm a kind of black sheep in the family, and I'm doing whatever I want to do in. Darwin. In Australia, I think I've kind of fit because of I'm a little bit outspoken. So, but in Japan, it was a little bit difficult for me to tell my opinion and do whatever I want because uh, Japan have many rules, hidden rules, and somehow people know there is a rules and they follow the rules, but I couldn't. When she was in her late 20s, Saatchi wanted to change careers, which at the time was very hard in Japan. She was told that she was too old to start a new job, and so she gave up. 
until she heard she could study accountancy in Australia. The reason I chose Darwin is because of the weather. So I saw the picture of Charles Darwin University. It looks so tropical, beautiful. So I thought this is the place I want to go. And after I decided to come to Darwin, I did the Google search and I find out that Darwin was bombed by Japan. So I, I have a little bit of uh, worry because oh, people in Darwin may not like me because I'm from Japan. I kind of had the mindset that everyone hates Japan and Japan is not a good country and could be there are other reasons but my my how to say my theory is Japanese people have low self-esteem because we lost the war and we were taught in that way so after the war everything said oh Japan we are such a bad people you should be careful not to start the war again. While studying in Australia, Saatchi discovered that was not the case. And I was very surprised. And so many people talked to me when I, when they find out I'm Japanese. Oh, I like Japan. I want to go to Japan. I like Japanese food. And I had uh, an eye-opening experience that, okay, Japan is a good country and people might like my country. And I have to let Japanese people know so now my dream is to connect Darwin to Nagasaki, which has similar history and similar characters of people. And also we tend to be uh, easygoing and easygoing people don't want to talk about something serious. And But to make the world peace and not to break out the war again, we have to learn from history. And I think it's time for us to speak up and talk about the sad past in a positive way. Nuclear war started in Hiroshima and ended in Nagasaki. And as a person from Nagasaki, I feel kind of I have responsibility to make sure that Nagasaki is the last place to be attacked by nuclear weapon. After seclusion ended, thousands of Japanese people came to Australia from the 1870s until World War II broke out. They worked in the sugarcane fields on the northeast coast and as pearl divers off the coast of Broome, Darwin and Thursday Island. So from 19th century, uh, many Japanese pearl divers came to Australia and there is a huge cemetery and one of the area is full of Japanese people's tombstones. And I've heard 1,000 Japanese people used to live in Darwin. Pearl diving is not the job for everyone because you have to dive into the water with huge, heavy, heavy, heavy equipment. And Japanese people were the only people who can do such a systematic job in a dangerous situation. Despite the Japanese being greatly respected and very much part of the Darwin community, as tensions leading up to World War II escalated, most Japanese people were either deported back to Japan or imprisoned in internment camps for the duration of the war. By 1942, more than 2,000 women and children had been evacuated from Darwin, replaced by almost 8,000 troops.
On the 19th of February 1942, 188 Japanese aircraft bombed our city. Sadly, at least 237 people were killed, six large ships were sunk and another 14 were damaged. Japanese air raids continued for almost two years. It's no wonder that Saatchi was feeling anxious about how people would treat her in a city that had been bombed by her countrymen. Nine of the 36 Zero Escort fighters were detached and dived down towards the target. They sprayed it with machine gun and cannon fire and set the transport alight. Every year on the 19th of February, the bombing of Darwin is commemorated. Saatchi wanted to attend the ceremony, but she also didn't want to upset anyone. At first, I asked around many people in Darwin, and uh, what do you think uh, if I go to the ceremony? And many, many, many people said, oh, shouldn't be any problem. So I'm relieved. Of course, some very few people said that, oh, you shouldn't do such a thing. You shouldn't disturb them. But I thought I have good intention, so I decided to go. But I I thought I needed permission. So I finally I contacted the Dame City Council and the organizer and I told her I'm Japanese. And she said, yes, she'd be fine. And so I told her that I'd like to bring two flowers, one for Australian soldiers, one for Japanese people who lost their lives here. And she said, it should be fine. So I went there and I was, I think I surprised so many people, but well received. And nobody, you know, threw me stones or nobody sweared at me or anything happened. So I was right. Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys. On behalf of the City of Darwin, I welcome you all to the Bombing of Darwin Day Commemorative Service, a National Day of Observance. So far as the first air raid goes... Some people think I'm glorifying war or just too, I'm too patriotic for Japanese soldiers or something. But no, that's not the purpose of my action. I thought to have a world peace. At first, you have to have a proper reconciliation. And Japanese people tend to forget and move on. But Western people tend to uh, discuss and talk about and understand everything. That's the way they move on. So there is a cultural difference between Australia and Japan. And I don't think back then I realized that difference. But now I know why I thought this is the right thing to do. Saatchi now attends the ceremony each year and believes it's an important step in Australia-Japanese relations. She also shares her culture by teaching kids and adults how to make sushi and origami. When we see paper, we like to create something. We like to make from 2D to 3D, which is part of life. It's really natural. You can do anything with paper. In Japan, maybe you might have seen the Japanese old houses with paper window, paper doors, so you can tell how much we love paper. Origami is part of life. I actually don't remember when I started to do origami because I think I was really small and I think my mom taught me. And it's not only me. I think all Japanese people are the same. I think many people associated origami with 
paper crane. So I make paper cranes very, very often. So fold in half, corner to corner, and fold in half, corner to corner, yo yo, and triangle shape. Paper crane itself is very beautiful, but why it's so popular is because of the history, historical story that's in Hiroshima after the war. One girl, she developed a leukemia, and she uh, in Japan there is a story or myth that if you make one thousand paper cranes, your wish will come true. So the girl, she wanted to of course recover, so she tried to make one thousand paper cranes. But unfortunately, when she finished around six hundred, she passed away, and many people feel sorry for her. I think I it started from her. Classmate, that they make the rest of the paper crane, and then it's this story touched other people's heart. So many people make paper cranes and wishing for peace. Sachi says that because of this story, paper cranes came to be associated not just with world peace, but also with the atomic bomb, and she'd like to change that image. I really enjoy teaching origami to everyone, especially for kids. But actually, I never thought I'm going to be an origami instructor because all Japanese people can do origami, so it's nothing special. I didn't think it can be a job, but now I'm proud that I created this job because other countries people appreciate origami more than Japanese people. So I think it's time for us to. Value our culture. Touching paper and also folding paper is very relaxing and meditative, and it has calming effect. So I hope people feel the same. I love origami because you can be artistic, and also you can think about、uh, wishing for peace. It's not actually easy to live with other countries, people which has completely different cultural background. For example, in Japan, people say, "Oh, if you have an intention or good heart, you can live peacefully." No, it's not that easy. You should see the difficulty, and also you should see that、uh, practical solution that Taiwan people started to create. Thank you to my friend Sachi Hirayama for sharing her story. Keep an eye out for her origami workshops and see for yourself the magic and relaxation of folding paper. Next time, we'll find out about Darwin's Greek culture and community with Georgios Skoufesis. As we know, in that post-World War II era, and especially affecting off the bombing of Darwin,、uh, there were、uh, a lot of.、Uh, Infrastructure that was destroyed, severely damaged, or gone entirely, and、um, the、uh, Greeks that arrived into the territory were really tasked with the heavy lifting of rebuilding what was known as a fantastic, vibrant、uh, city into what it was. Seldy Plum Stories is a City of Darwin podcast produced by Laura Uden and Cinnamon Nippard, with editorial support from Johanna Bell and mixing by Hamish Robertson. 
The incredible soundtrack was composed and mixed by Kuya James and Tutut Malut. For more information, head to the Discover Darwin website. I hope to see you in Darwin, Garamilla, on my beautiful Larrakia country soon. I'm Nicole Brown. Thanks for listening.